food has become fundamental to the way we live our lives. It's not just something that we we do to survive. It has a big impact on our day-to-day thoughts. It has cultural impacts for some people. It has social impacts. So all of these things that you start to see just how important what we eat, when we eat, how we eat, all of these things can have huge impacts across the board for, for people. You're listening to the Just Ask podcast with James Ledger. Just ask. Gofynnwch. Just ask. Chryso, uh, welcome back to another hashtag Just Ask episode. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. And I just want to say a massive thank you for everyone who, who took the opportunity and the time to listen to our last podcast because podcast, it was a really big success hearing from Gareth and what he's doing with the visually impaired rugby team. And in this episode, I know is going to be another cracker. Um, the topic we're going to be discussing today is food, glorious food. Of course, we're going to be talking about all things nutrition. And I've got a very, very special guest on the show today, Jamie Pugh, who's a postdoctoral researcher at the prestigious Liverpool's John Moores University. He's worked with a number of athletes and teams over the years and looked after their nutrition and their psychology too. Jamie, how are you? Uh, good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me on, Jochen Bauer. Uh, really nice to be brought on today. That is the almost the extent of my my Welsh. It's been uh, maybe <laughs> 13, 14 years since I did Welsh GCSE in school. <laughs> that's <laughs> not yeah. bad. I'm sure it's better than mine. I know Chryso, and that's, 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 that's about <laughs> it. But, <laughs> but no, I, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing your expertise because that, that's what they are. So... How about you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the, I guess, the massive subject that is nutrition. Yeah, so it, it all started, so I um, go all the way back to, I did my, my undergraduate degree in, in Loughborough University in sports science and went on to work as a, in sports science department for Swansea City for a year. And it, it, it came about a little bit through chance and a little bit through my own interest. There was an opportunity to, to go and study at a Liverpool John Moores um, and then when I got there, the the, the department, the, the opportunities that were there to work with teams and athletes is just huge. For anybody who hasn't come across uh, the, the team at John Moores before, it really is one of the best in, in probably the world. I don't even want to undersell it by saying the UK. Probably one of the, the biggest sports nutrition or most influential sports nutrition departments uh, for sport uh, across the world. So it, it really started there. And then, as I said, the chance to work with different athletes different teams preparing from uh you know things the, the mad sort of events like marathon de sable for rugby teams football teams individual athletes is just uh, has pushed on from there and it's it's been a great last last few years really has very renowned university john moores and and very many many talented people have come out there um so you touched upon it there. You've covered a lot of sports, which is fantastic. And we're going to go into a little bit more depth about that kind of like food to fuel performance, I guess. But just generally, like how how important is our diets, you know, just leading day to day function and leading a healthy, balanced lifestyle? It's, it's one of those, isn't it? Because at the most fundamental level, nutrition is essential for life. It's essential for our survival. So I suppose if you start from there. And then even when you once you go a step above that, what we then eat 
for for some athletes you know we we sometimes think that food is just fuel it's something that gives us energy but what we know more and more and more now is that it can actually have an effect on how likely we are to to get ill whether that's an acute bout of illness like a cough or a cold or our risk of disease later on in life it can affect our mood our psychology and again i don't just mean when we're when we're getting a feeling a little bit hangry but even the you know biochemical processes in our brain it can affect all of those things our sleep so it's it's sort of a big and scary picture at times when you think of the the impact it can have but for athletes it, it gives you so many opportunities to sort of get that that winning edge i suppose if you can get some fundamental basics right it can really set you up and make sure that you're going to get the most from your your training uh from there absolutely no i'm i'm do you know what i'm I'm a very hangry person myself sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'll hold my hands up. <laughs> hold my hands up. I, I think for me, like, when I eat breakfast, I'm thinking about what am I going to have for lunch? When I'm eating lunch, what am I going to have for snack? When I'm having a snack, when am I going to have a tea? Yeah, so my, and training full-time, my, my thought processes is always around food and how am I going to best recover and what, what do I want to eat next? So, yeah, it's like, I love, I just, for me, I just, I just love food and I, if, growing up and you know going through the system of athletics I, I've really kind of seen how food can really kind of benefit my performance and how it can help me just you know in just day-to-day -day life and whenever I give a, a, a talk at a school um, I always ask the kids like what is your favorite car ever and they're like I don't know like Lamborghinis Ferraris all these cars and I'm like well would you put the wrong fuel in these cars and they're like no well and so your body's like that car isn't it you never you wouldn't put the wrong fuel in the car so why would you put it in your body that's the kind yeah. of metaphor i use and and exactly and it's i think it's we're starting to see that you could probably take that metaphor even further because imagine if all of a sudden the the petrol that you put in also affected the tires and the brakes and the suspension mm. and the the ignition and, and everything else because as i said i think as much as food is a fuel, it can also impact on all of those other areas as well. So I think exactly what you said, imagine if, if petrol had that far reach of a car, that's probably the extent of the reach that, that food has on, on our performance, you know, our engines. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's good. And it's, it's good to kind of, I think people can relate to it then and understand it a little bit better. Uh, I think, you, you know, picked up on a good point as well. Food has become fundamental to the way we live our lives isn't it and mm. that's that's an important part to think of again it, it's not just something that we we do to survive it has a big impact on our day-to-day -day thoughts like you said it has cultural impact for some people it has social impacts um so all of these things that you start to see just how important what we eat when we eat how we eat all yeah. of these things uh, as i said can have huge impacts ac across the board for for people Absolutely. And he sort of touched about then about cultural stuff and like there's nothing more than I like going for it like <laughs> when we can <laughs> and hopefully that is soon. But, you know, going for a nice meal with your family or going for a nice meal with with your friends and really in, like using food to bring people together, I, I yeah. think it's, it's, it's so important. And it, it's food should always make you feel good. And, and, you know, it's not just, you know, yeah, day to day life, but it's enjoying it as well. And 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 it kind of brings people around you as well, which is, which is what I love. And, you know, similar to like 
I like going for like a social coffee, for an example, as well. Like it's not necessarily about the coffee, but it's, it's also about seeing my friends as well, which is just an aspect that I really enjoy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's something that we've had experience with, with in working with teams in that they these can be good opportunities and these can be bad opportunities as well because if you can get the, both sides of that right so you can get the nutrition right and then the the social side of it you've, you've got a perfect mix what we don't want is uh so we sometimes have scenarios where that that little social meetup can end up being uh, like coffees and cakes and stuff like that and you have too yeah, many yeah. of those athletes, uh, <laughs> it's maybe not what you want but as you said it, all of that it's just nutrition is so much more than just the food and like I said mm. just all it's it's all of that and it's how can we maximize as many of those benefits as possible for for athletes absolutely so yeah going through a bit further into that so performance and you know yeah as I said food is is vital and for our performance and I feel like for me as well like I feel like a bad meal a night before a race could really impact me so how do we you know for all the sports people listening out there, what are the kind of things we should be avoiding the night before uh, a race or a, or a marathon or, or a, a football or rugby match? What's the kind of things that we should be avoiding? What, what should we be looking to eat night before? It, it probably goes all the way back to your, your early preparation. So if you, if you go back and your, your weeks out or you're, you're in the preseason or whatever it is, you will you that those are your opportunities to begin to understand and, and really start to think about what could and or isn't going to work for me um before competition and once you get to that point you'll know then that there are certain foods there are certain um things that you, you can eat and you can tolerate quite well and that it's always going to then depend on the specific needs of the sport if we're part you know taking part in a marathon then the day before, maybe even two days before, we might start to think about loading up on carbohydrates. If we're uh, taking part in a weight-restricted sport, then the, the needs are going to be slightly different because it's making sure that we we hit the weight uh, on the scales for, for a weigh-in or something like that. So it's always going to depend on the sport a little bit, but that's where working with a nutritionist, working with your, your coach or someone to just start to think about these things and think, okay, what, what are the demands of me for my competition and what does that uh, what does that mean I can eat as you said maybe the night before and once you know what the, those needs are then it's can I get some practice in of that at some point that's made you know maybe during training or during a less important competition mm -hmm. uh, give that a practice that feeding strategy a practice so that you know then the, the day before your your big competition or big race, you can almost have confidence in that process of I know what I'm going to do here mm. and I know what works for me. That's spot on. And using, as you said, uh, I, I love that. It's using them um, almost training sessions as a, as a pre kind of night practice of what you would eat. So I remember years ago, I actually did it in a competition, which is really bad. But a night before a competition in Germany, I had like a massive lasagna um, the night before. And then the day after like we're trying to run 100 meters i felt absolutely terrible <laughs> terrible i felt like it was like cheese coming out of my ears or something <laughs> it was awful and um it's kind of like a harsh check then trial and error that okay yeah maybe not lasagna the night before races it's not for me so now like going through training sessions i've practiced like different things night before training yeah. so now what i find works for me is this like it's like salmon rice 
and, and veg before a big session works really well for me. Um, so only through, as you said, as you say, in using um, almost like pre-competition practice like training sessions is a really yeah. good indicator of what works for you, isn't it? Yeah, and it's something that's always so with some of the marathon runners that work before, you know, we might highlight a half marathon race, you know, that's four to six weeks out and we'll almost treat that like the marathon race, you know, in terms of our preparation the day before, mm. our feeding during the race. And it just gives us a good opportunity to, to, like I said, practice it. So we really go through that process and make sure that we're happy with everything. Um, and even just identify some of the, the weaknesses. Because like you said, so your trip to Germany, sometimes those scenarios pop up where that might be the only thing available. So you, you mm. sort of have to get. And so sometimes the practice that we do or the beforehand just helps us work out, well, actually, is this food going to be available to us? What are the, the resources there? Or So can we work around that? Do we have to take some of our, our own food with us? Is it perishables, non-perishables? All of those practical things that you can just work out. And it, it takes away so much of that stress then because when you when you you know go away to competition your main focus should be in some ways just the competing just making sure that i can perform to my best you don't want to be stressing about all these unknowns so it's just in that instance just something that you you've got so much confidence in that this is my process i know what i've got uh, when i get there or where i need to get my food from and hopefully that takes care of itself that's a great point have you Maybe let's let's talk about a little bit. How about the fussy eaters out there who are maybe listening? Uh, have you kind of dealt with, with guys from the uh, team sports or individual sports who are a little bit fussy with their foods, but you know they need to like cover certain basics about their protein, uh, carbohydrates, and vegetables and stuff like that? Have you found ways of of helping people introduce uh, new foods or or trying to almost like foods they're supposed to be eating? It's a, it, you know what, it's a really difficult one. And I think that one, um, I am going to revert to a little bit of a, a cop-out answer in saying that it does come down to the individual. Because you said some fussy eaters are not open to trying new foods. And, mm. and in some ways, it, it's difficult to, to get them to, to try it because they, they may be so stubborn in their thoughts. And it's at that point, the, the priority in that instance isn't to try and get them to try all these new foods. It's to work mm. out, okay... Of, of the foods you do like, how can we strike a balance here to make sure that we're getting okay. enough protein, enough carbohydrates at the right time, good sources of fats, we're covering as many of the vitamins and micronutrients as we can. And when you, even with people with limited palates and, and limited <laughs> food preferences, you can normally hit most bases. Yeah, from that alone, their the diet might be quite restrictive. But as I said, when you break it down, they they can hit all of their needs. Um, and like I said, that comes back all the way to what we said to the start: food should be enjoyable. So the last thing I want to do is is chuck a, a whole plate of green vegetable or something on the, in front of someone <laughs> when they know they are not going to enjoy it whatsoever. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, protein, I want to get into a little bit. You mentioned it there, so when should we be having protein it's my first question yeah. and my second question no it's, it's getting more ever i feel like everyone's knowledge is getting a bit more broader now and more knowledgeable in terms of like we don't just have to get proteins from meat do we i think 
for a lot of people, they, there's, there's still this sort of um, perception that we need it straight away after we train every training session. And to some extent, there's, there's no harm in doing that. I think what we're starting to understand more and more though is maybe it's more about it's more important how much we get per day and then what the spread of that might look like so as an extreme example even if you get a source of protein you have a protein shake after training but your protein intake for the whole day is low that's not going to be as optimal as it would have been to have good protein all day and you you know you've missed a post workout shake or something like that so the total amount per day is probably more important. If we're exercising regularly and we're training regularly, our intake uh, probably needs to be a little bit more than the general population. So we're looking at around about 1.6 to maybe 2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. So if you think about that for 70 kilogram athlete, maybe up to 140 grams. So maybe between 100, 140 grams of protein a day which sounds like a lot, but then the, the next key element that, that we start to see now is that it, it's maybe more important to have that distributed evenly throughout the day. So if you then think of three main meals and a snack at some point, you only then have to think, okay, can I get 20 to 30 grams per serving uh, per meal? And as you said, in terms of the sources we can get it from, that doesn't mean that you then have to be sitting and, and, and chomping down on a chicken breast that morning, noon, and night. There are lots of other ways that we can get that in. So dairy is the first obvious source that we can get that uh, get a good hit of protein from. So whether that is uh, cow's milk, whether we're looking at yogurts, uh, those are some of the really good ones. Especially early in the day when maybe people don't want to be cooking uh, meats or anything like that or eating anything too heavy. Eggs are another fantastic option for, for breakfast and lunch. If we start looking at vegetarian options or vegan options, it, it's it's not difficult per se, but it maybe does just need a little bit of, uh, of thought. And what you often see there is that foods might contain a good amount of protein, but there's also other, other macronutrients in there as well. So it, it maybe just needs a little bit more thought and, and, uh, from that side of things. But the the market for, for protein-based foods is, is growing constantly. Um, so you see more and more the availability of foods that are higher in protein uh, is, is there. Proteins, that, that's an that's a awesome insight into what is actually out there and the, the variety there is available and not just just having a five chicken breasts <laughs> at lunchtime. <laughs> it's, just, it's more to that now these days. And, and one more thing is, is the carbohydrates because carbohydrates is, is, is quite a complex area isn't it especially for different sports and obviously there's this complex carbs and, and simple carbs do you just want to touch a little bit about about what they are and, and which ones should we maybe be having for certain things yeah so carbohydrates is probably the the most discussed the most um controversial of, of all the macronutrients in some ways and it, you know all these things seems to go in in cycles a little bit one one year there's there's lots of talk of carbs being good but then the next it seems that all carbs are bad and it, it like I said, it is much more complicated than that because we don't necessarily eat carbohydrates so as you said we eat foods and some of them will contain carbohydrates that we can break down really easily and, and have a really quick source of energy and then others that uh, you know can be made up of, of 
carbohydrates they're quite difficult to break down and have a lot of fiber uh, contain a lot of fiber so it's it, it all it, it's a difficult one to answer in that when we think of some carbohydrate foods like fruits and vegetables they are very good sources of fiber and then not always going to be the most energy dense foods they're often um, ones though that are going to contain lots of vitamins lots of micronutrients and are going to be a, a key part of our diets the the more simple carbohydrates if maybe that's how people can could understand them a little bit more so our, our starchy carbohydrates or our breads or our rice we often can sometimes see those as just being for fuel um what we now understand a little bit better is that we can probably manipulate and, and change how uh, how many how much carbohydrate we have per day depending on how, how hard we're training so protein you know seems to be important that we have roughly that fixed sort of amount each day whereas carbohydrates we can maybe increase or decrease depending on how hard we're training how much we're exercising um if that if that makes sense absolutely yeah this is i said it's a very kind of talked subject isn't it and it's very kind of complex but no that that's that that does make sense in terms of like it kind of defines like it depends how much you're actually training and how much you kind of need i guess isn't it yeah definitely and they said if you just think about um your dinner plate and you so you've got there your your portion of protein then you know you're going to want to get a portion of vegetables in there somewhere or like i said if it's lunchtime or breakfast you know maybe a portion of fruit and if you think okay they're out they're the staples of of our three or four main meals a day the the more simple carbohydrates if you like that you might then just be topping up your energy because you're going to be uh, exercising a little bit more that day there that's the one that can maybe change a little bit got you nice great point um so i was going to ask you because there's lots of numbers get thrown around for this kind of topic but hydration how much should we be drinking a day if, even like so for an average person who, who doesn't necessarily train that much uh, dabbles a little bit like how much should they be drinking and then how much should somebody who's training at a very high level day in day out um how much should they be drinking the the, the first way that we could start to think about this is just is a two measures and so rather than go and think about the numbers to begin with you can just think am i am i thirsty <laughs> first of all mm. that's that's one of the best measures so if you regularly find that you're thirsty then clearly you need to drink more and sometimes mm. we can have a perception that we're a little bit hungry that's maybe we're confusing with first but that's definitely the first one <laughs> am i thirsty uh, you know am i feeling lightheaded or uh, getting headaches in the afternoon something like that the second one is the the color of your urine so if you're going to the toilet and it's nice and clear you're probably getting enough fluids in throughout the day if you're going to the toilet and you're regularly seeing that it's a it's darker in color that's a good indicator that you're not drinking enough and that let's say your urine is a bit more concentrated so i think if people start with just those two things to begin with that's in most instances a lot more useful than thinking okay well i need to make sure that i'm getting in 500 milliliters with this meal or i'm getting a liter throughout the day or something like that because it's once we get to that level as i said that can be quite difficult to uh to, to you know to just do daily carry out daily yeah. we don't want to be measuring all these things constantly 
as we're coming into competition and uh, training that might be slightly different and we maybe can be a little bit more, more methodical but certainly just for, for day to day uh, those are the first two uh, starting points that I would go with for most athletes. Okay, uh, supplements and vitamins. So, no, as in it's it's in the word. It's it's a supplement to meals. Sometimes I I personally would rather eat or my protein or carbohydrates rather than use supplements. But I know some people, you know, use supplements to, as 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 for ease or if they have a long drive home from training, maybe that they have a, a have a shake in between. Yeah. But what would you kind of recommend about about supplements and, and people using them? I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. The first the first issue with any supplement is could I potentially get this from food? Um, and and you know and conveniently as well because obviously yes you know if we want protein we can get it from food but there might be circumstances where it's not available to us so taking a shake with us is is a good option um, and we can do this across a whole range of, of different supplements that are out there so omega three fatty acids you know can we get are we consuming enough oily fish per week yes great that base is covered no then either can we look to increase our our intake or then do we have to look at potentially supplementing and you, like I said, you can do this the whole way across and there are some that we can get from food easily and some that are more difficult we then have to think well do i need that supplement you know so if uh, creatine is traditionally quite difficult to to get through our diets alone but not every athlete or not many athletes might need to supplement with creatine at all so it's all of these different factors that will go into that decision making once we get to that, even if after the going through some of those processes, we think, okay, this is a supplement that uh, I might need to take at some point, or you know, I'm going to take at some point. The big consideration then is, can I get it from a, a, a all an almost risk-free source? And what I mean by that is that mm -hmm. studies that have, have been conducted have shown that quite a lot of supplements can uh, have contaminants in them. And these yep. contaminants can often result in uh, positive tests on, on drug tests. So if you're a drugs tested athlete, this is a potential source of, of failing drugs test. And there are many, many, many stories over the years, over the last decade or so of athletes who have, uh, you know, who feel really that the reason behind their failed drugs test is because of a supplement contamination. So the easiest way around that for athletes is to not take supplements. <laughs> if we get to the point where we're going to include them, the next best is to to get a supplement that is uh, is batch tested. So it's tested for all of these contaminants. And the the key to look out for there is something called informed sport. So informed sport is the, the commercial name of uh, the testing procedure. And you can go online, you can go on the informed sport website and either look for a, a supplement um, company that has their batch tested, or you can do the opposite. If you've already bought your supplement, you can check if it's been batch tested. Absolutely. That is everyone listening, regardless of what age you are, what level you are, that is a very 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 important bit of information there yeah make sure you are using the informed sport website to check this information if you do start to take supplements that is very very 
very good point, Jamie. Thanks very much. It hopefully, it's becoming more and more known. As I said, if people might have seen supplements and seen this logo logo on there, mm. so it's made, if you see it, you might have recognised it before and just maybe not known what it yeah. was. Um, as I said, it's easy enough to do now. The supplements, are, you know, at the same price. It's not it doesn't make them more expensive or anything like that. Um, so it's it's it should be easy enough for you to check. Um, I'm going to hit you with a few kind of like food myths now that okay. common kind of like thoughts about food and i just want to kind of like a quick fire answer of, of kind of what you think um okay so the first one and i i i definitely need this right <laughs> do carrots help you see in the dark um probably not as well as a torch uh, <laughs> look I, I think this comes from the, from the fact that carrots you know that they're high in vitamin a vitamin a is important for um, our eye function. If you have a complete or an almost complete vitamin A deficiency, then that can hamper our eyesight. For most people, though, I, I think if if you go into the opticians, they're, they're not going to be asking you uh, if you take enough vitamin A uh, normally. So, um, lots of health benefits. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be taking them if you're you're planning on night races or anything like that. <laughs> Amazing, good answer. Okay, <laughs> are all fats bad for you? No, definitely not. Um, fats are a really important part of our diet. So we've already spoken about uh, omega-3 fatty acids and there, there are a whole host of others. You know, they're, they're important and they're fundamental to, to, our, to our health. Um, fats protect our, our vital organs. You know, we have layers of fat around our heart, around our liver, kidneys, our brain. So that alone shows that it's important. It's an important fuel source uh, as well for, for when we're for exercising. With as with any food or with anything, it's the dose of the poison, isn't it? So yeah. yes, if we're eating lots of fatty foods regularly, that could lead to problems at some point. Um, but, but we shouldn't necessarily be scared of eating fats or eating fatty foods. Awesome. Good answer. And okay, I know my, my dad's going to listen to this probably, but he's, he's bad for this. So is skipping breakfast Will skipping breakfast help you lose weight? And I know there's many people out there who will just have a coffee in the morning and they think that'll set them up for the day. But is this okay? I've, it's okay in the sense that, you know, when nothing bad is going to happen the moment we then step at the door. I think with um, losing weight and our body composition, the most important thing is our overall composition. And it's it's how do we fit that? So that then leads people to think okay well if i just skip this meal then that means that you know I've, I've taken out those calories i've taken out that energy so i'll be eating less throughout the day shouldn't i what we know though is it's much more complicated than that so some people if they know they're skipping breakfast eat more food the, the night before so all of a sudden you just completely wiped out all of that those supposed uh fewer calories that you're going to have if you're exercising depending on the intensity or, or the the demands of that session the the training back might not be as high a quality so if it's skill based we might not be able to form those skills as well if there's a, a large endurance part we might not be able to perform that as well so we have to think about how it plays in the in the whole picture the the, the best example of an answer i can give is there was a really cool study done in america a couple of years ago and they essentially took two groups of really well-trained individuals the only thing they did is they told one group to exercise in the morning on an empty stomach 
and they told the other group to just carry on as they were. At the end of that, the it was a few months that that study uh, took place. At the end of those few months, there were no difference between the two of them. So just skipping breakfast alone without them thinking of how it's going to affect everything else you do that day won't help you lose weight now. Okay, very interesting point. Awesome. No, that's that's brilliant, Jamie. Right, last question. Marmite, yay or nay? Oh, this is this maybe goes back to the food preferences one that you were saying, and that I think people, if they can, try some new foods because years ago I used to hate it. I could <laughs> not stand it. My mum used to eat marmite on toast, and I used to think it was the most disgusting thing. <laughs> but I like it nowadays. <laughs> I, yeah. I can tolerate it, and I quite like it. So it's a yay from me there. Good lad, good lad. I just got myself some marmite chili jar. Very nice. Very highly recommend on toast. Very good. I'll give that a go. Yeah. Awesome. Jamie, I, I could speak to you all day. It's really, really interesting stuff there. You've been an absolute legend. And thank you so much for, for coming on the show and, and really sharing your expertise about, about nutrition. It's, 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 we really, really, really appreciate it. No, thank you so for having much. me on. As I said, it's always difficult because, as I said, nutrition is 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 complicated, and like I said, it's it's all those you have to be in. So, if people have questions, by all means, send them in. If you have a, if you're an athlete, you have the opportunity to speak to a sports nutritionist. Then you know I definitely recommend you you take that up and and use that opportunity if you've got it. You're listening to the Just Ask podcast with James Ledger. Awesome. What a, what a first half of the show. Jamie Pugh, uh, expert in nutrition. Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, make sure to, to, to listen to what he had to say because there's some absolute golden tips there. Um, but now, very exciting. This is a new aspect of the show. And it's, we're going to be doing a quick fire question round with a National Youth Board member. And I'm going to introduce him now. Jack, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, mate. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. No problem. Okay, so Jack, tell us your full name. Where are you from? Uh, yeah, so I'm David Jack Wilson. I'm originally from uh, North Wales and currently living in Cardiff. Fantastic. And I know Jack, you're a pretty pretty talented athlete yourself. What uh, what sport are you involved in? Yeah, so I'm uh, involved in para badminton. I'm uh, the like, Welsh uh, SU five number one. And uh, aiming towards either potentially Tokyo 2020 or Paris 2024 going forward. Fantastic. What's your disability, Jack? Uh, my, I think the terminology of it is dysmelia. So I've like got my right forearm is missing. And my next question to you is, what what do you love about being part of the Disabilities Foot Wales National Youth Board? Yeah, so it's an opportunity, obviously, to kind of further the sport uh to develop the sport and kind of promote the sport is the most important thing i'd say which is why i'm obviously the coming in as the social media guy is to kind of promote sport to youth people of youth with uh, disabilities that might not realize that the opportunities are out there to be included within sport and have access to being healthy and, and having a healthy lifestyle really Right, Jack, you're going to have 30 seconds. I'm going to hit you with some quick-fire questions, right? Okay. And I want to see how far you get. Okay. Right, are you ready? Yeah, go on then. Right, let's go. Okay, three, 
two, one, go. Okay. Favourite sport? Badminton. Favourite food? Uh, chips. Favourite place to go on holiday? Spain. Favourite film? Uh, the Dark Knight. If you were stuck on a desert island, what three items would you have? Oh, uh, phone, water, and dog. Favourite month for the year? February. Who's your sport and idol? Andy Murray. Uh, morning or night? Night. Sun or snow? Sun. Favourite podcast? This one. Boom. Awesome. How was that? You got through all my questions, to be fair. That was good. Yeah, some of the answers weren't, <laughs> weren't correct. Andy Murray wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your favourite sport and idol? Probably... I do like Tyson Fury, but probably I do love Wayne Rooney, so it would have to be Rooney. Wayne Rooney, okay. Yeah. A... Ah, okay, awesome. No, thank you so much, Jack, for, for joining the show, and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot from you and many other of the National Youth Board members very soon. Thanks for joining me, mate. No problem, mate. Awesome. That's another episode in the books. A really, really good uh, episode there about kind of food, nutrition, and lots to take away. So I hope you've all enjoyed. Thanks very much to Jack for joining me on the show. And uh, I've been James Ledger. I've been your host. And I'll see you on the next hashtag Just Ask podcast. Just Ask. Governor. Just Ask. <laughs>